Hello and welcome back to Explio Explorers. This series zooms in on the nine success factors for business transformation. These were identified through data gathered from over 1,000 senior decision makers in Explio's annual Business Transformation Index report. Thank you so much for the feedback on the podcast so far. The series is really starting to gain momentum now, and we 100% attribute that to our esteemed guests and the generosity that they've showed in sharing their time. So a big thank you to all our guests. Following on from last week's discussion with Brian Chapman, who was interviewed around delivering on time, this week we hone in on an equally as important keeping to budget. If you have any experience in the transformation programs, which most of us have by now, you'll appreciate that this is one of the most difficult aspects to keep control of, especially with those large scale and long term programs. So today we follow our usual aspirations. We want to get to the bottom of why is keeping to budget important outside of the obvious reasons? What are the challenges that companies and people face in this regard and how do you mitigate the risks around these challenges? And then ultimately, what are the top tips for the success factor? successfully keeping to budget. I'm delighted to be joined by Ro Crawford. She's the Chief Transformation Officer at the Data Communications Company in the UK. And the DCC is a subsidiary of Capita and has the responsibility of managing the UK's smart meter infrastructure and rollout. Ro's role is to accelerate business improvements via a partnership model of using third-party suppliers to build, mature and run key capabilities for DCC. Ro is a primary candidate to join us to this on this podcast today. She's just been appointed to head up a major transformation project. Her task will be all about helping to define the strategy and how they set themselves up for success into the future. Aside from the DCC, Roe has extensive experience in the energy sector. She was a portfolio governance director of British Gas, where she was responsible for overseeing and reporting on the performance of the UK energy supply and service business. There, she also played a key role in enabling a savings of £300 million annually, which I think you'll agree makes her the prime candidate to join us today and talk about success factor number six, which is all about successfully keeping to budget. So, Ro, you're very, very welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Siobhan. Lovely to to meet you. So I'm going to come back to the cost savings at British Gas in a couple of moments. But first, would you mind explaining to um, our listeners today, why is it so important to successfully keep to budget in regards to business transformation in- initiatives? It is it is incredibly important to keep to the budget because at the end of the day, you know, transformation pro- projects are all about delivering benefits. If you don't keep to the, the budgets, you're not going to deliver the benefits or you'll erode those benefits and you won't achieve the outcomes that you're looking for. So you know, delivering delivering time, cost, quality is so important to the success of any transformation programme. Um, and you have to keep an eye on um, what you're delivering, how you're delivering, the scope of what you're delivering so that it doesn't get out of control um, and making sure that you deliver within the budget so that you achieve the optimum benefits um, in what your in what your transformation is is driving. It seems so um, almost basic when you when you think about it and when you're explaining it. But what we saw in the Business Transformation Index report was that actually this is quite a struggle for businesses. And when we categorise them into um, starters, drivers or stars in terms of how successful they are transforming, we noticed a stark difference between the starters where 22 percent of them were only good at this success factor and the stars where 89 percent were good at this success factor. And um, what are the common challenges that companies experience? do you think with this um with mastering this success factor when when transformation programs are, are mobilizing um i think if you are really not clear on exactly what 
first of all, what is the problem statement? So what are you trying to solve for? Two, what outcome are you looking for? Three, what benefits will that deliver? If you are not clear on all of those things, actually defining the programmes, agreeing the scope and ensuring that that scope actually delivers the outcome and the benefits you're looking for, you will be really challenged to achieve them. And if if you can't control your scope, you can't control your costs and therefore you can't control your outcomes. And I think discipline is so, so important and keeping reminding yourself on what exactly are you trying to achieve and why um, is critical to making sure that transformations are successful. It's not easy to do. It's much easier to say than it is to achieve. And people get excited about new capabilities, new scope, um, putting to some extent bells and whistles onto solutions because they're exciting or they're innovative or they're new. Um, and we have to be really disciplined about not getting distracted and keeping to the core of what are you trying to achieve? Now, that doesn't mean you can't put change requests in if you identify new opportunities that drive bigger benefits. That's fine, but it has to be done in a really considered and really thoughtful way so that you um, don't erode your benefits case. And in practice, um, is it difficult to kind of create that mindset among um, your teams kind of within a large organisation? It is. It's really difficult. You know, you know. Keeping people focused um, is is and actually keeping people disciplined and adhering to process is really hard. Um, And people don't don't deviate away from that because they are, you know, because they're malicious or they they are, you know, trying to avoid governance or anything else. They, They people just get distracted. Um, and keeping people on track and on message is the real key to all of this and keeping reminding them. And it, it's a communications exercise at the end of the day. You know, you have to keep repeating and and reminding people of what's the ambition, what's the targets, what are we trying to achieve? Um, and keeping telling them that so that it's a something that they can, you know, bring to the fore on, on a daily basis and constantly have forefront of mind so that distractions don't come along and deviations don't take place and delays don't occur. And, um, you know, it is the time cost quality triangle or trifecta, what, whatever you'd like to call it, that um, is something that I constantly drive through through my teams. Brilliant. Yeah. And do you so I suppose in the, that's the mindset side of things. But um, in terms of the discipline point that you brought up, do you think it's um, something that needs to be kind of integrated into people's say KPIs and, you know, kind of cascaded in a formal way as well in an organisation? A hundred percent. So within within DCC, every single one of my programme directors or programme managers has in their objectives a a personal objective to adhere to um, process and policy. Um, equally, we measure. So we have a change delivery methodology, which is not not unusual, no different to what most organisations have. But we measure the performance of that change delivery methodology through a number of KPIs, through which we can then identify which programme managers, which programme directors are deviating away from that process and policy 
um, and which ones of them are completely aligned to it. So actually their performance measure in their objectives is backed off into the KPIs that we use to measure our performance on the programmes. Do you ever kind of feel like there may be a risk with this kind of very disciplined approach to embracing innovative ideas? No, absolutely not. I mean, innovation is, you know, not not in conflict with cost. So cost management is a, you know, is absolutely important. But, you know, lots of innovation can deliver huge benefits. And, and I'll give you an example. Within within DCC, um, we have to do significant amount of testing as we're putting any new capability live into production. Um, we're, we're national critical infrastructure and we do not want to put that at any risk when we're deploying new code. Um, and we spend significant amount of money testing multiple different devices and device model combinations to reduce risk of putting code live. That comes at huge expense to to our customers and to the industry. And we are you know, currently in the process of building um, automation and robotics into our test labs. And this does a number of things, actually. It means that we can increase our scope so we can test even more device model combinations and with that reduce our risk. It means that we can test 24-7 and we can take out any human intervention as a result of that testing. So not only are we testing more, but we're narrowing the window of the testing. So we are reducing cost and increasing scope, reducing risk. And actually, there's there's significant benefits all around as a result of that. We believe that, you know, that will save industry more than 20 million pounds annually. Um, and, and, you know, depending on the size and scale of the number of production releases we're doing, we're doing in a year. So innovation absolutely has a place in transformation and it isn't, it isn't necessarily in conflict with how we're spending, but it is absolutely supportive in delivering really, really tangible benefits. It's a great example. And I was just thinking, you know, how did how did those examples, I suppose, rise to the top? Um, you know, because everyone's trying to create this culture where people bring innovative ideas to the floor or to the forefront. So how does how did you go about like recognizing those ideas are going to add benefits and, and kind of select them to scale? You know, it's it's a great question, and, and we did it with 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 support from our customers and feedback from our customers. So some of the early releases we we did within smart metering, we, we um we sent out lots of requests for feedback and lessons learned from from our customers, but also from internally and in terms of our development. So previous releases, what what did we learn? Well, we learned that um, some of the defects that that then presented in production presented from device model combinations that we hadn't necessarily tested. Um, we also had feedback that testing took too long and with that came a high high bill um, and, you know, inefficient that, you know, there was there was opportunities to be more efficient in the way we were releasing code. So gathering lots of feedback, learning from lessons learned, as well as, you know, looking at other options. You know, we didn't just go straight to let's deliver some robotics and autom- automation in the labs. There was other considerations um, that we we also thought about and we created, a, you know, a proper business case with lots of options. And we included our customers in discussing what those options were and where they they would be willing to invest because it's their money we're spending to deliver um, better solutions going forward. And that's where um, the automa- automation 
um, a robotics program was born. And we we built the proof of concept. So we've done it in a very small and controlled way to prove that the solution will work before we go and deliver it at any scale, which will come at a significant cost. I think you've made a really good example of how, you know, you can control your costs and also succeed with innovative ideas that work for the business and for the customer. And you bring in a point that I think is kind of reiterated throughout the podcast series, which is around like putting the customer and the customer's feedback kind of at the center of what you do. It seems to be a really common theme coming out of everyone's experience um, so far. Um, I want to quickly ask you about the, um, the positioning of GCC on the Bold and Reliable Index. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, you can go onto Explio's website, you can answer a couple of questions and you'll be able to determine whether your company's a starter, striver and star. So Ro, I know that your company did the, the Bold and Reliable Index. Do you want to talk us through your results and, and, and your thoughts around it? Yeah, I'm more than happy to. So yes, I, I, I completed the index and, and we came out as a starter. Um, and you know, initially I was was I was I surprised? Not not significantly surprised. Maybe a little bit disappointed because I think we you know we've done some amazing things. Um, and then I I looked at some of the questions and I I almost analysed where we what where we'd scored low. And one of the big areas of um, our scoring which which contributed to us a start. Well, well, first of all, we're we're a relatively young organisation. We're seven years old. Um, and we're delivering some, you know, really, really significant and complex um, change. But secondly, we're a monopoly. We are not driven by by margin and profit. Um, we are, you know, we're funded by industry. We make no profit um, for, for DCC at all. Um, so revenue growth is absolutely not one of our core KPIs. Um, we're, we're delivering smart capability for the energy industry and our customers, um, are funding that we're mandated by government and we're heavily regulated. So, so no, the fact that, you know, on reflection uh, that we came out as a starter, I, I think it's, I think it's fair. I think there needs to be a consideration in the index as to what, what does that index mean for, for organizations that are not for profit? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask you that question to make exactly that point, because I know from the back of the podcast, some companies might go on and, and do the index and I don't want them to be put off if they do come out as striver. There are limitations to how the index um, matrix works. And like you say, we had to use a gauge, a metric to determine future success. And that metric was projected revenues. So, it's a it's a message to everyone listening, I suppose, not to panic if uh, if they do um, come out as a starter. And also, of course, that they can get in touch with Explio and we're happy to go through kind of the different elements of it as well. So thank you so much for going through that. And I mean, for a company that's seven years old, like the success that you're seeing and you've experienced, like I think you were saying you've like 98 percent coverage. Is that right in in the UK? So the net. So the, so so. In terms of growth, just for, you know, for you and for, for the listeners, you know, I started the DCC four and a half years ago. At that time, we had, um, we had the network up and running just. We had less than 200 devices connected to it. Um, and we were an organization of less than 200 people. Four, four years on, we now have over 21 million devices connected to our network. Um, and we have a, an organization that is that is over 700 people and, and continuing to grow. So um, the programs 
are continuing to grow and we're having much more success in delivering programmes on time, on budget. The great example being um, faster, more reliable switching, which was an off-gem mandated programme um, and we'll be going live later this month um, on time, on cost um, and on, on budget. So it, it's a really brilliant result for us and, and for industry, actually, because it's yes, we've delivered the capability and the technical solution. Um, but industry have um, stood up and, and built their own back end solutions so that they can connect into us. And it will all hopefully, fingers crossed, go swimmingly well on the 18th of July. Phenomenal. I mean, that's exponential growth and success over those four and a half years. Like, well done to you, to all your team there. Um, and I think you'll probably say, I suppose, bringing it back to the, the success factor that cost management and successfully keeping to budgets has been a huge, has played a huge role in you in that success. hundred percent. hundred percent. And, um, I'm, really interested in getting um, some of your uh, experience from the cost savings that you achieved as, alongside your team at um, British Gas. Would you mind talking to us a little bit about how, how you managed that and um, any insights from that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So so when I was at British Gas, um, my I was responsible and accountable for overseeing and reporting on the performance of the UK energy supply and services business and their investment plan. So that was all about ensuring the application of agreed quality standards, um, processes, um, identifying the issues um, that required management intervention or attention um, and delivering delivering the, the portfolio, which had a which had a capex budget of a hundred million pounds annually and an opex budget of just about 50 million pounds. And that enabled benefits of over three hundred million pounds annually, which is which is where you started, Siobhan. So mm. how did we do that? Well, that was a portfolio of multiple programs across across the business, and that included the consumer business and the B2B business. Um, it included dig- digital transformation, um, providing better tools and supports to engineers in the field, um, giving them more more automation and processes to help them resolve customer issues in the home. Um, it was all about driving efficiency and driving growth. Um, but also it was about consolidating activities, um, making sure that we weren't duplicating, that we were simplifying um, and that we we had a number of offshore activities that, that helped um, consolidate and reduce cost across the industry. Um, and then then we were also um, really busy as well, delivering and driving um, regulated mandated programmes. So interestingly, British Gas's development of its smart metering capability and the rollout of that capability was in my portfolio in British Gas before I moved into DCC to deliver the infrastructure and the network. So what did I learn as a result of all of that? Um, and it kind of goes back to where we were earlier. So, you know, the outcomes have to be defined up front and um, benefits have to be specific and they have to be owned. The benefit owner has to take accountability of those and then they have to be tracked relentlessly until they are realised and to ensure that they will be realised. Scope management is critical. It's too easy for necessary requirements um, that don't add value or benefit to creep in um, and therefore a real, real effective change control process needs to be in place because, you know, we all know that changes come in part way through a programme, but there needs to be a real discipline about um, 
identifying whether the change is really needed or whether it is just um, somebody's pet requirement. Identifying risks and managing risks effectively is critical to effective delivery. The more you can identify risks and manage them, and we used to run um, what we called pre-mortems, so identifying those things that could kill us before they did, um, and making sure that we had effective mitigation in place uh, to remove those risks. And then, you know, the other lesson that I learned um, and still continue to learn is that, you know, it's our people that are the biggest asset. You know, it's our people that help um, deliver all of this. We have to nurture them. We have to develop them. We have to make it exciting and interesting and a really great place for them to grow and develop as well, because without our people, we couldn't deliver anything. I can't do transformation on my own. I need a team of really effective people behind me, supporting me and driving the right outcomes. Amazing. Yeah, I love that idea of a pre-mortem. That's such a clever way to approach like a project or an initiative. Um, and you bring up so many things there and there's so much rich insight from what you've just told us. But I might pick on one or two that I think uh, might be worth reiterating. This idea of um, portfolio management and like kind of consolidation and ultimately prioritization within an organization. This seems to be something that we see in Explio all the time because it's it's kind of juxtaposed to this message of you need to be transforming rapidly yesterday even to just stay up with the competition so it creates a little bit of hysteria in some companies where they feel like they need to be doing a million things at once they need to be automating everything but nothing in cohesion you know and they end up kind of in a place where when they go through a portfolio mapping process yeah They've forgotten about some of the the programs that are actually going on, you know. So I think that those points are so well made in what you just said there, because it's 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 a matter of keeping on top of these things. And like you say, kind of being very effective in the way you manage them. I guess the only other top tip um, that I would I would add to to all of those that I I just gave you, Siobhan, would be, um, you know. Planning. And you kind of touched on it in the portfolio, but planning is, is so important. And that's not just planning within the project that, you know, a project, but it's planning at portfolio level. So it's identifying all the dependencies, um, identifying where constraints are and mitigating or managing against those constraints before those constraints hurt you. Um, we've talked about discipline previously. Um, and we've talked about um, not not losing focus on your on your time and your cost. Um, so so that's that was another that would be a, another top tip that I would have. And then and then, you know, we talked about it again early. Listen, listen to your customers, listen to what your customers need and really, really focus on what they need, not what they want or what they think they want. So even with customers, you know, you need to get to their problem statement. They can't come with a wish list of. I would like a new shiny silver box. The question has to be, why do you want that shiny silver box? What's it going to do for you? How's it going to make your life easier? How is it going to make you more revenue or, you know, more efficient? You know, what is it trying to achieve? Is it trying to achieve growth? Is it trying to achieve efficiency? Is it trying to achieve both? And can it do that? So, you know, lots of customers will come to you with, well, certainly my experience, they'll come or with, you know, I've had a, I've, I've seen something exciting and I really like to do it because it's interesting and um, new. And you really need to get to the why do you need it? Tell me why. What's it going to do for you? Let's really, really unpack it. Because just delivering something 
shiny new box isn't necessarily going to deliver the outcome that they expect. Absolutely. And um, a final question, Ro. There's a theme that's been coming up, right? for through kind of the guests that we've had on this podcast and it's about a shift right in this idea of going from kind of long-term large-scale projects to products um i'm not sure if that's something that you've you've seen yourself kind of over the last couple of years is that something that you think will happen um in your organization moving forward it's a great it's a great question given that we are a network organization delivering delivering national critical infrastructure i am not sure where the products come from so we're delivering a service to industry um, that service is a you know a scalable flexible network that carries you know over a billion messages a month at scale in fact even now it's carrying over a billion messages a month so you know that is a service that we're providing we need it is my responsibility to make sure that that service is scalable flexible resilient and delivering cost 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 efficiencies for our customers it's it is not about delivering a product um necessarily now at some point in time when we've delivered the network and we've proven flexibility cost effectiveness scalability resilience etc and we have got some confidence that that's what we've we have there may be some opportunity to leverage further value out of that network and give something back to industry. And that might be product related. It might be innovative solutions. It, you know, there's there's lots of things it might be. Um, our customers at the moment are very, very clear in please don't get excited by the innovation and what the leverage of the network can be. Just deliver that network so it is scalable, resilient, flexible and so on at a cost that they're willing to pay that they can see value from. I think it's we're in quite a different place. We are while we like to be agile and we think agile and we try to deliver agile. We're working with government. We're, we're delivering some really big, significant um, infrastructure capability. It's difficult to be agile in that environment 100 percent of the time. Not impossible, but it's not it's not easy. And you're doing it to massive success. So it's a great example, I think, of, you know, it works. Different styles and different approaches work for different remits. And like you say, if you're focusing on the benefits and the outcomes, you know, it's it's worth keeping in mind that it doesn't need to be product or project. You know, it can you can be very you can have very successful projects and you can have very successful product approach as well. You know, so and I think you've just exemplified that perfectly kind of for the listener. So listen. I want to say a big thank you for joining us on the podcast today, Ro. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You have just a wealth of experience and I could have talked to you all day, but I know we have <laughs> we have time restraints. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say a big thank you again for joining us on our podcast. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Siobhan. So that's it for episode four. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion with Ro Crawford at the DCC. What an amazing story and an amazing career journey. And I think there was lots of insights there around successfully keeping to budget and just how impactful that can be for organizations. So thank you for tuning in to Explio Explores. You'll find the Business Transformation Index and the other podcast episodes on our website. Just go to explio.com forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Join in the conversation online using the hashtag Explio Explores on social media. So next week, we're thrilled to speak to the Chief Disruption Officer at GEMS Education, Krish Gopi. 
and we're going to discuss another crucial success factor to transformation with him around hitting solution reliability targets. You don't want to miss that. So in the meantime, we hope you have a great week.